This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Evan. Hi, I'm Terrence from Blake House. <laughs> We're going to talk about, uh, oh yeah, there's a Dickens novel in here too, isn't there? Jesus. Um, we're going to talk about Black House, not, not, uh, Bleak mm-hmm. House, uh, by Stephen King and Peter Straub. Uh, 2001 novel, April, it says, um, in the, uh, opening or the closing of the book. I think it's the opening of the book. And then it says publication date September 15th. Good, good week to be published. <laughs> um, 625 pages. Uh, I want to say 26, 28, 29 hours, something like that. Three massive. No, because it's 810 pages. Okay. Well, I guess that was the hard cover. It says 625 on the Wikipedia, but it's been republished many times, none with good covers. Every cover is garbage. Yeah, I don't know how you can not get a good cover of this book. There's, It's like no one read the book. They just read the, they just got over, make a cover of Black House. Yeah. But often there's a lot of That's black. Sometimes there's a house. And I've got the crow, Gorg. But yeah, you got, you got you got Gorg on there. That's nice. Like you could put Mister Munchin on here. You could have the Thunder Five biking off to the Black House. This is a I big sprawling novel. Bees, bee, like a, a horde of bees. Or yes, that would, that'd be nice. Or a mysterious um, bee winking at us. Maybe just one bee, yeah, floating around. Yeah. I would put the uh, bee nice scenery on, of, of, on the, of crow. the Mississippi Valley. Yeah. This is my could have done so much. This is my argument for the um, narration that it's only revealed later um, that we've got the point of view from uh, Gorg, the crow. But yeah. after we still have a point of view, so I think the bee was hitching a ride on uh, Gorg, until mm-hmm. Gorg was killed, and that's the point of view of the narration. What? Okay, okay. I assumed that. I I assumed it was Peter Straub and Stephen King saying, "Here's our book. <laughs> We're going to see him later, like that." No, because because um, it's in the real time of um, Jack's life, because the time yeah. between. Uh, the talisman and um, uh, uh, Black House is the same as um, the time between um, when he was twelve in in um, so in the real world. The, mm-hmm. the time between the two publications is the time that he's elapsed in Jack's own life. Yeah, so I, let's, I, let's, I, let's I haven't read the original. Right? Issue, yeah, the uh, talisman is this is a co-authored book. And we know how Talisman was written. It was like they sat down and wrote the first part together, like, like you know, in the same town. And then they wrote, like, 100 manuscript pages and mailed them off. And the other guy, next guy, wrote 100 manuscript page, pages, mailed it to them. It was like that. So big chunks of it were Straub or King. This, uh, they probably did more with, like, I think they did more by email. I think Straub talked True. about this in some interview. So um, it's more intertwined that way with their voices, perhaps. But it's hard to tell. King always writes contemporary. I don't know about Straw, but King always writes. His stories are always set 
when he writes them. Even if there's flashbacks or something like in It, but still the Bane Line story is set when it was written. Um, so it has to be that way. If King would have his way. Well, he almost never writes like historically there. grounded. Um, also, this is less so Dark Tower connected compared to The Talisman. And this is oh. after the accident. This is when he recovered from the accident and decided, like, there's work I have to get done. Dark Tower, a, a sequel to The Talisman. And he tries to, he kind of works on both of them in this project. So um, there's a lot of king in here, I think. And it's hard to, to, hard to see. Other than setting, I can't see almost any Straub. Now, I'm not a Straub expert. I've read like one other thing by him, and it was excellent. Mm -hmm. It was called Mr. Club and Mr. Cuff. It's a weird serial killer sort of story. It's not really, but. it was powerful, well written. I've seen him interviewed many times. I I wanted to read Coco, um, didn't read Coco. It's also very long. Um, so I, I could tell that I was missing some stuff from Talisman. Doesn't seem like it is a- absolutely integral to reading this. I think you were right, Evan. This book does Not sort of stand. But this time I do th- reading it, I was more aware of the talisman connection. Yeah, the, I could I see. I, I, I could see the parts that I was missing. Um, mm-hmm. You you hadn't read this before, Terrence, right? No, I haven't read Talisman, and I hadn't read this. I've I've read virtually no Stephen King. I read. Um, oh, really? Everything's eventual because uh, you yeah. did a podcast episode on it. Yeah, and I quite like that. That's another one with Dinky. Dinky, Dinky, Dinky. Now, when, when I say Dinky, there's a character named Dink in that one. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. I can't tell exactly what Peter Straub's contribution, other than the setting, is here. But I can tell a hell of a lot of Stephen King, and he's penis obsessed. I'm not, I'm not. Uh, he's not only penis obsessed. He's poo poo except <laughs> <laughs> anything low and base and childish. Um, he loves it. And, uh, part of the magic that goes on in this book is word magic, right? Like the, fra- what's the phrase? Opopanax. Oh, there's that, there's Opopanax, that one. Opopanax, Diamba? No, no, I was, I was going the, fr- the, the phrase. The word at the end is Diamba, right? Yeah. Yes. The magic words. But there, there's also the phrases. Uh, and a lot of these are, I think, from the DJ. Um, it's, uh, oh. zip up your fly. Zip right? up your fly at the end. Wham, bam, <laughs> thank you, ma'am, zip up your fly. That sort of stuff. Um, and the repetition of it. This is a big, sprawling novel. And there, it owes a lot of debts to a lot of other people. And obviously, it's built into that whole thing that's going on with Stephen King, uh, including, wasn't there everything eventual around this time, too? 2001? I think it was. I'd guess it was. Because um, we got a, a breaker uh, I th- in that. I think. And we've got a breaker in this. And I, I, I The thing barely... is, like, we don't really know about the breakers until late in Dark Tower. Like, mm-hmm. it's may not even until book six or seven that the breakers are actually defined. Yes, um, I think this is the first time I read this. This little... might be the first time they're identified as. But, oh, I really think the eventual was originally in 1997. Okay. But at that point... Dinky Earnshaw is not identified as a breaker. As a breaker yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like someone who will get recruited. But you, you had mentioned that he was in the Dark Tower as a breaker. Yeah, but this is maybe the first time that plot, 
line is introduced. Because even in Dark Tower 4, um, there's, it's not clear how the Dark Tower is being threatened. So it is. It's a. So this big, is a, this. This is important in that uh, story arc. There's a there's a bigness, you know. Not, I, mean, I I couldn't believe how much repetition there was, and I I know a lot of that is due to it just having the room to breathe. But I was I kept thinking how many more like uh, if you took all of H.P. Lovecraft's writings, uh, for, you know, uh, anything that was Cthulhu related, not that there's that much, right? Uh, but, you know, anything that's not old bugs or, you know, some poem, um, you could probably fit it all into this book and still have a little bit of room. Cause he, he wrote mm-hmm. a lot, but not so much fiction. Um, maybe there's a, you know, a couple novels, uh, you know, that wouldn't fit in here. But if we took all the short stuff, <coughs> It could fit into the first two files of this three file MP3 audiobook. I tried to make it one big file and it just, it was too big, mm-hmm. <laughs> too unwieldy. So uh, when, when you've got that sprawling ability to, you know, just, you know, it, go into a room, soak up the furniture, soak up the, uh, character, get character backstory, get inside characters' heads, um, it's a, th- it's a whole, different kind of thing it's it's the it's i was thinking about how much this is character um and setting and the plot there is one there's a investigation going on but as soon i i about i would say about halfway through the first file i was like this is reminding me a hell of a lot of uh true detective uh which is mm-hmm. and may i'm not sure if that was before mention of the crimson king or not uh but the King in Yellow, the Crimson King. Um, we've got a Dreamlands place in here, the territories, which it's it's. I, I'd never heard of this before. Is this part of the Dark Tower stuff? Well, the the ter- the territories are is from the Talisman, right? But the connection between the territories and the Dark Tower stuff is established here. But there's also a, a real territories uh, mentioned early on in the book. Uh, like in the opening, uh, but th- I got the sense that that was talking about the United States. Uh, yeah, that might and, be. and and so there's a connection. Between- but that's definitely going to be a shout out to talisman readers, just like the first lines of the book, right, right here and now. The very first words of the book is a catchphrase of a character of. So this is going to make this is going to make talisman readers like so many catchphrases. Warm about it because Wolf. Who's a character who dies in the Talisman, but is like it's a very tragic death in the in the story. He always said, "Right here and now," because it was kind of his catchphrase throughout mm-hmm. that story. So but, there's that's why I was saying there's a lot more Talisman connections that I remembered when I first read this. The the catchphrase thing, but, right? Like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of them. It's the, unbelievable. You know, like uh, keeping track of them is hard because there's so many, and they go away and then they come back. And then sometimes they like hit three or four times in a chapter, um, and I think this is important because it it's um, it is a lot about how magic works. Words get inside your head and they they control your thoughts. <laughs> like, you read a book and you say, "Oh," and then you can't, or you you hear a song and you 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 can't stop humming it or singing it, right? And that's what's going on here largely, and then. The magic. Uh, okay, uh, first I want to address the um, 
<laughs> the Wikipedia entry for uh, Talisman calls it dark fantasy. Uh, the Wikipedia entry for Black House calls it horror. Uh, I don't know what dark fantasy is exactly. Um, this has some things that should be horrific. Uh, like the, we, we were told about, there's a scene, I think you may have even mentioned Evan. Uh, there was a scene told from the point of view of, uh, or a chapter told from the point of view of the Raven by Poe. Um, there's also a very long lingering scene, a death scene. Uh, that's cool air or, um, uh, facts of oh, the case yeah. of M. Valdemar, right? Mouse's death scene. The whole Henry Lathan, the DJ's death scene and struggle at the end. The, the, the blind black, man fighting for his life. Black that's dripping great. goo yeah. coming off of everything his foot could come off. And the, well, that's Mouse, but also like then the, the, Henry Layton's the DJ's yeah. death scene is like so wonderfully heroic and drawn out. And that's horrific when you think you try to imagine it's, a right. blind man. It's horrific, but it's not horror. I, I didn't uh, find that it was a. a it was, was gross out, out uh, for a part of it. Yeah, horror. He did a fantasy, a dark fantasy, uh, which I haven't read, but this is going to be the horror version of the hero's journey and uh, wasn't so much um, horror. This I mean, is very, yeah, it's horrible. But this is not, I mean, this is not noir fiction, right? Like, I, uh, watching the end of, um, A True Detective, it's actually hopeful, which is very unusual for supposed cosmic horror, right? Um, because at the end, the, one of the detectives, Matthew McConaughey detective, Rust, his name is, the guy whose every word is stolen from another author's <laughs> work, um, he he got a vision of his daughter uh, in, in his dying. He didn't die, but he thought he was dying or was close to death or whatever. He got a vision of his daughter uh, and love and uh, felt like maybe things are not so bad, <laughs> which is you know not a, a noir horror ending. But the whole show itself is about horror, right, which is uh, children being kidnapped, um molested and killed which is the same as what's going on here there's a there is this idea of the landscape interacting with uh certain people and the people um thinking of themselves as royal right and like that is the weird part like when we get to the territories uh, near the end uh there's a queen um what makes her a queen in the same way that you call your daughter a princess. That's what makes her a queen, right? Or some objective thing that the sky god tells us. <laughs> I just know she she's a the, queen. The last living person in the entourage of the yeah. of the previous queen, or the real queen or whatever. Right. The hereditary queen, maybe. Well, what made her the queen, right? Like there's a Just by uh, contiguity, she was adjacent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also, it's a, it's a, it's a monarchy in the territories. Yeah. Yeah. You know how monarchy, monarchy works. I mean, the guy's name is Stephen King, right? (laughs) And and his beer, um, uh, Kingsland beer. Kingsland Ale is a, is literally the beer that gets, that's in a scene in the talisman. There you go. In the territory. And the, the other thing is strawberry fest. So King and Straub. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Um, I, actually, I was thinking early on, and I'm not sure it's not wrong, that this also, I've read this story also by King. Um, it was uh, the strawberry one. What was it called? Yeah, the strawberry spring. Strawberry spring. Thinking about the, like, the Albert Fish thing. Yeah. Is fish mentioned in, in strawberry spring? No, but maybe that's when we did that. That's what made me think of Black House. Yeah, that must be it. Because the, the plot is very similar. But I think it was also like a historical serial killer was being called out yes, in Strawberry Spring. You're right. That's what. That's the and and also a sort of an amateur investigation. Um. Yeah, which, maybe. Which and and also the hi- hiding the truth, right? So this is something you pointed out that Lovecraft's always doing here. They have a press conference they have there's a press conference in it's it was really striking to me like uh when i was watching true detective again uh i never having read this book before I, i'm reading this book and i'm like this is a lot like true detective they're not a, it's not like um the nick pizzolato stole the plot of this because once you start doing cop stuff and you know Serial killer stuff. It, it all sort of, there's a whole bunch of scenes that'll be the same. You have to go visit an insane asylum. You have to go visit a prison. You have to go visit uh, a weird house in the forest. There's a, a showdown. Um, some people are injured. There's a press conference and then we lie at the pre- press conference. We lie to our bosses about what's actually happening. Uh, but <clears throat> it's, it, this is not a this is not a masterwork because I kept thinking about how whenever there's um a scene like this the claw the guy hides in the closet and then they end up going to the territories and he's like there witness to it and I'm like why is this happening because it's cool yeah it's fine it works it's cool that's why <laughs> and I'm like it yeah. is cool. It is cool. Like, why does why does he have the the the? Why can Jack Sawyer summon summon all the bees in in the America? He, he got the vocab <laughs> word. He got the vocab yeah. word. Right? Yeah. Right. What's that? Uh, up, uh, the spelling word. Apopanex. Apopanex. That's uh, that. That's like an ancient uh, uh, healing tar. Yeah. Or something like that. So uh, the way uh, I cannot understand, I don't understand Peter Straub's mind because I just have not read enough of his stuff. Except, except for the setting, I don't, I don't feel like there's any contribution here. Uh, now that's probably not the case, but I can see Stephen King. You know, he's reading the New York Times and he's doing the New York Times crossword puzzle or whatever it is, and he sees that word and he says, "Putting that in my back pocket." <laughs> Yeah, and then it's a it becomes a summoning word, right? And this is this is like really interesting because it is very Lovecraftian in the creation of the secondary world. It's got these bad guys, but Lovecraft would never go for cannibal. I guess he has does have cannibal stuff. But yeah, cannibal child sex abduction stuff. and murder. I don't yeah, know. child abduction and sex stuff. Like there's a little bit of silver key in here, a little bit, but. Mostly, it's it's more dreamlands and more. Uh, yeah, the Silver Key connection is interesting. Yeah. It is. It's a I great mean, story. That's actually one way because I, I often think you know Lovecraft was so much against memory in mm-hmm. so many of his works, mm-hmm. and King is always like, "This is a good example of it." It's like you need to start 
remembering. It's the same in it, right? If you don't start mm-hmm. remembering now, mm-hmm. you're doomed. So you got to figure out what you've forgotten. And, and whether it's like re- maintaining generational knowledge about the past or characters remember what happened to them, he comes back to this theme again and again yes, and again. Does. But Silver Key, it, you know, is, is closer to that thematically, I think. It's mm-hmm. like trying to hold to what we know, what is the past. So, uh, but, but that the, uh, the gates of the silver king too i haven't, I haven't read that king. one yeah through the gate yeah, through the gate uh yeah. co-written with some other guy i want to read that that's got like a secondary world in it too mm-hmm. so uh, i think that it's it's the form here that i'm objecting to the most because when he does short stories uh they're tight right everything that's eventual is tight Mm-hmm. There's there there are these magic phrases and they are they are in there right and the magic symbols, um and but he doesn't have the the breathing space and I'm saying he even though Peter Straub's involved in this yeah. book too doesn't have the breathing space to just sprawl out and uh, enjoy himself mm-hmm. and so when you're saying like he, he he has the accident he he realizes he's mortal he has to do the work. He's not just doing the work. He's also uh, enjoying himself. Because, like, yeah. Uh, what, what? Now, um, but here's the thing. I think a difference between you and me is when I I enjoy every minute of this. Yes, yes, you did. And <laughs> I can tell you don't. So. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's interesting, so the, but the language, I, I feel like I it's just, just crazy. Give me like, more. I, I could have took another hundred pages of this. Yes, I more agree. Piece. I enjoyed it a lot. I I, I wasn't expecting to. I, I was I was expecting to like it, but I I enjoyed it um, despite the fact that the form is very funny. It's yeah, sort of it's it is very it's, slow. It's like a funnel. It's sort of wide and and slow, and then it's fast and tight at the end. And there's not much room um, at the end in this tightness. So it's it's sort of Deus Ex Machina after Deus Ex Machina. Um, so it's not like it's like the hero's quest is not even interesting. The detective story is resolved by the cosmic background, mm. and the hero's quest, uh, including the uh, remember Jack, remember what you did, um, stop suppressing, uh, uh, is not even considered interesting at the end. Um, so it's very strange. So I agree. Uh, the book, I mean, it does. Uh, what Evan always says is, it goes down smooth, <laughs> right? Yeah, he ain't lying. No, uh, he ain't lying about that. It do, it do go down smooth. I think it's more than smooth, but I thought it was really good, and mm-hmm. um, I think there's something in it um, when the the, um, the the Thunder Five at the beginning yep. they they quote Hegel and then Derrida mm-hmm. and um, Hegel is the 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 two the two worlds, and you need um, Parkus in the middle. Say it's not about the, the twinning. It's not about the twinners. It's not just two worlds, mm-hmm. and it's in fact many. And that's the Derrida aspect, where which everything has to be uh, from the first book has to be deconstructed. So the detective story has to be deconstructed. The hero story has to be the Hero's quest story has to be deconstructed uh, as well, 
and then you've got sort of all these um, smooth, different types of smoothness. It, it, this kind of this kind and size of book and this sort of way of storytelling reminds me a lot of Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods, right? Which I don't like yeah. at all. I, I can never finish it. Uh, it's uh, I can understand why people don't love it. Um, he is also in love with the landscape there, right? He it, it's uh, a yeah. and I, I I was reading a little bit of the talisman and how it got made, but you know I didn't go deep on that. Uh, but it sounds like both of them were out of the country for a while. It said London, I'm like I didn't know Stephen King lived out of the United States at any point. Okay. Um, but if you're a writer, you don't need to live, uh, anywhere in particular, right? He, he's, uh, King is obsessed with Maine. It sounds like, uh, Straub liked Wisconsin. Okay. That's cool. People should enjoy where they live. Um, but, uh, in, in thinking, uh, writers think about the landscape in a way that's different than regular people because they're thinking about how, how to describe it. And they also have the time. Right. So when walking to get the mail, which is something you would do, right, you can look out at the landscape and think about the lore in a way that you don't when you have to commute to work over that landscape. Um, and this is something that a lot of, uh, you know, TV shows do today where they put it in an exotic location. Um, uh, and by exotic location, I mean any, anywhere other than New York or Los Angeles, right? And then they just let the landscape tell some of the story. So you've got shows like, I don't know, uh, Breaking Bad, right? Set in Arizona or New Mexico or wherever it is. Uh, or Tulsa King, right? It's set in Tulsa. Um, this, I get a real good sense of place. And you can't get that from a short story. So part of this novel is that sense of place. And I, I've, I've, I assume this is all Straub um, because it's lovingly rendered uh, in the opening, but even the, you know, the description of the geography of the landscape and when they're, when they're trying to find black house, you know, find the road and do all that stuff. We get a good sense of, of the landscape, but then there's this other thing, character. And now this is a question. I don't know if this is answered in the book and I missed it, uh, but uh, and who's the narrator? Uh, Muller, Frank Muller. So this is before yeah. his yeah, he, his, his accident, his motorcycle accident. What is last King one anyway? Yeah, because uh, I I didn't realize this book was so old. I thought it was, I thought it was possible. It was because um, it's it's two thousand one, so it's twenty two years old, right? It's it's been around for a while. Um, his uh his rendering of the characters, you know, he's not my favorite. He's very. He's, he he goes down smooth. Right? He's a good narrator, solid narrator, knows what he's doing. It's kind of conspiratorial sort of reading, which is useful for getting you into a story. Um, but our DJ character, is he supposed to be black? No, I don't think so. Yes. Yes or no? Yes. I say yes. I don't know if there's any evidence for it other than the way it's written. Um, he's supposed to be cool, right? He wears tight suits or whatever, nice suits. He has an answer for bad questions. Um, how's, how did he get a sense of style, right? That's all answered. Um, he's, he's got that interview with the, 
agent or whatever. We get lots of scenes spending time with him, but we also get him on the radio. And we also get uh, like his own voice back to him about what the weather's like. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking, is this the magical black man that solves things like in, um, that's speedy Parker. Uh, in who's the character? The territory's Parkus, the gunslinger slash. Yeah, I get. uh, Yeah, but he's definitely black. Is he? Okay. I, I didn't get, we didn't spend that much time with him. Um, who, but Maiden uh, has that one encounter. This is is that the where he's at the old folks' home. Yeah, where someone says something to him and and he makes a comment. He, the N word is involved in that section. Yeah, actually, it was funny because the wigger came up first, and I'm mm-hmm. th- I thought, oh, <laughs> that's Stephen King. He he would revise that now. <laughs> and then later on in the book. No, he still has no. Even recently, he's been using really he uses the N word problematically, even in recent. Really, works. he got criticized for that in the Bill Hodges trilogy. Uh, what's the Bill Hodges trilogy? What's what's the uh, Mr. Mercedes stuff? Oh, okay, uh, that was um, also a TV show. That's a TV show now. They're all TV shows, man. I I, I read um, the Duffer anyways. brothers are trying to do uh, the Talisman or something, and the, don't, aren't those the guys responsible for the Netflix uh, ripoff of Stephen King and ET yeah. and all that? What's that show called? The Dungeons and Dragons show. I don't remember. It was very popular. Uh, kids running around on bikes playing Dungeons and Dragons in the eighties. Whatever that show's called. Um. So yeah. Um. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to really make of it other than this is well, an I, entertaining book, but I, I get the sense like the psychologies is also like off with, I'm, you know, like with the, with the king and the queen and the, yeah, the territories and all that. But there's also like the cop psychology. Um, our hero cop from California, I guess he's from the previous book too, right? Jack. He's the kid in the talisman. Okay, so yeah, it, 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 it's int- magic. Right? So he, he grew magic. up. Yeah, he in, grew up in between, the, and he moved to California. Uh, moved to Wisconsin. Went to California, became a cop, forgot everything. Ah, okay. And then fate moves him back to Wisconsin, so he can be in the right place at the right time to be magical again. Fate, yes. To remember his magic, and gotcha. he has to refuse the call, and then he got the whole hero's journey again. Right. He has to do it all over again. But, uh, but um, the 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 uh, astonishing t- thing to me is all the all the child coveting, like coveting body parts. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm gonna eat your ass. It's gonna be delicious. And like, it, it's almost like a demon, you know, like one of those movies. From I don't know the seventies where they people get possessed. Well, he, um, he is a demon, Mister Munchen. Is right, a demon. I'm getting that, and God, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, um, no, in the text, is that like subtext? No, I no, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. Yeah. I, but it's it's just so weird because um, thinking it's the caricatural, a cartoonish type demon. And but but there, there's this level of uh, it's uh, Terrence. You said not it it was comedic or something it's there's a level of humor here or comforting 
cuteness. Yes, with his silly accent, and which is ger- pseudo-Germanic, and then becomes um, a British, a fake British accent at the end. So there is uh, this humorous um, aspect. I've never read it. Uh, is it about ch- molesting children? Or is it just about killing children or eating? Well, like, it's about childhood trauma. Right. The, but, but, but yeah, it just it just eats children and he doesn't it doesn't um, like molest children. There's a, there's uh, there's molesting in here, right? Or yes. Raping. Well, Bernie does. I don't know if Mister Munchen does. Well, the, Bernie doesn't like deal- doesn't rape. He's, he the, goes, de- the demon is working for the Crimson King to get breakers, and he also likes killing children. And Bernie is like a pedophile child murderer too. But and he doesn't he rape. Gets, yeah, maybe he's a cannibal. It, if you it, can believe his letters, he I could have yeah. raped him. I could have raped her. But oh I yeah, didn't. he also Munchen right. also possessed fish. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know anything about. I'd never heard of fish before this book. So he's a real dude, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, what did he? Very similar writing letters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, that's whack. <laughs> um, when I was when I started getting into it, I was like, yeah, this totally reminds me of of True Detective. And what I remembered about True De- Detective, other than it being very good, was it was it, it was political in that. Uh, the go- it was first it was the governor and then it was a senator in the family uh, who was connected to these um, schools that were you know church affiliated and they were um, funneling children to use for sex and sometimes killing them and you know then Katrina comes and washes away stuff. And uh, that's all w- what it was. But there's no humor, right? There's no sense that, like, th- I-, I was thinking about if this could be adapted, it- it- the tone would be really weird, right? Because there's a lot of coziness in here. Like, we love spending time with some of the characters who are getting, you know, the bikers are fun. And, uh, you know, the visit to the madhouse uh, and then visit to the territories. It's a lot of coziness, comforting, um, and we're getting the team together. Um, but then there's this uh, there's this other level where you know a kid gets abducted, um, and they're running around town, and the wife has gone crazy, and there's the black feathers, and then the guts in the bucket <laughs> or box. I'm like wow, there's like you can't I, you can't do this tonally for TV. It would be it, it'd be like one of those, um, I was talking about, uh, those, uh, Reardon metal movies, whatever the, you know, the Ayn Rain movies based on books, where the audience is just people who are Ayn Rand devotees. So they want the book adapted exactly as it is, and it won't work, right, as a film. And that's why nobody likes them as films, because they just don't make any sense. This, this can't be adapted, can it? Not, like the uh, the way I was watching True Detective, I, I realized near the end it is it is uh, the King in Yellow because the, at the end one of the guys who says you're in Carcosa now, one of these you know scarred guys, he says um, take off your mask, 
right? It's a uh, one of those lines from the Kenny Kenny Yellows, you know, time to unmask. Um, so it's just a very, very, very loose adaptation. But can it, could this be adapted at, at all? Maybe like as a part of a series on on the uh, Dark Tower. I don't. I don't understand. Like, yeah, if you gave uh, like. I don't know if Flanagan's going to do the Dark Tower stuff, but if, I think I would trust maybe someone like Flanagan to work on this. But it's novel only, as far as I can tell. You can never really do this. Yeah, I'm fine with that. No, I, I'm a big fan of novels myself. You know, yeah. <laughs> not everything has to be adapted. No, no. But um, the, uh, there's sometimes, like, you can't understand why something didn't get adapted. Um, and even, like, uh, I've, we talked about, um, what's the Overlook Hotel book? The Shining, right? The sh- Shining, yeah. Right, and we did that without t- talking about the movie. I haven't seen the movie since the 80s, I think. Um, it's very striking, but it's not really the book. Because it's, the book is so internal, here we've got a lot of visuals, right? Like you could film the Wisconsin area, you could film the house, you could like there's a lot of visuals happening in the book, but there's a lot of cozy um feeling based stuff that uh, mm-hmm. only comes through the minds of characters. Um and I'm I really do, I wish I knew Straub better because I can't extract and say, you know, this is what's going on. Um, but the, the scene, like, I feel like only one person wrote that scene, uh, written from the, um, point of view of the Raven. I don't think two people put their hands through that. You That's know? the, the Tansy for now, the, the, the Raven scene. Mm-hmm. Where she's. The crow coming, Gorg coming to the, right. terrorize the, the And the, she's the quoting it while, while, uh, the assault is happening. Right. Yes. And then, and then uh, the, we do get. Uh, I, I swear, it's cool air on the couch with his blood dripping off, uh, black stuff mm-hmm. coming out of every pore. <laughs> right. Um. It de- it's That's not great. shouted out. Um. But it's it's definitely that or um um Voldemort where he took it from. And actually, there's another one, isn't there? There's yeah. There's uh. Well, there's the guts, like Bernie's guts. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, and the tearing, that's a pretty powerful visual. Even though it's not, it's, uh, the, uh, the kid in the, uh, other, is, it, is that in the territories or is that in the Dark Tower world? I don't really understand yeah, the difference. Yeah, that's kind of in wherever. I think that's in, in, the in the world. That's in Roland's world. Yeah, that's in Roland's world. That's okay. in Dark Tower world. So, yeah, there's all, uh, they, wherever they took Tyler. Yeah. It's another, it's not in the territories, it's another mm-hmm. world. Where the I, tower is all the multiverse, right? It's the, it was the multiverse before it was cool. <laughs> well, Marvel had the comics in the seventies, right? So it's just, yeah, yeah it was, it was just not, uh, in the public consciousness unless you're reading, uh, I don't know, uh, Bronze Age Marvel comics. Um, uh, William James talks about the pluriverse, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, it's, you know what I, you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so, and it wasn't cool then either. No, no, it was um, not cool. 
Um, but now it has, <laughs> thanks to them. Oh my god, it's too cool. Every fucking movie is a multiverse now, yeah, right? He's got a Spider Man movie and a... non Marvel movies, DC ones. Yeah, apparently the latest Flash movie has is a multiverse power. where, you know, they get, they keep getting different Batmans or something. It's like, yeah, it's no, no, we're done. <laughs> Move on. Um, what about this thing with cops? The coppisman. That's one of those phrases. Yeah, that's a phrase yes. from the talisman. Right? So th- one of these phrases that, like, infects the brain, and he says, you're a coppisman. <laughs> and then he says, I'm a coppisman. It's like, why are you saying that? Well, policeman, coppisman, makes perfect sense. I'm like, yeah, kinda. If you're, like, stuck in your own head. <laughs> But now we're stuck in this book, hearing him thinking about that. What what's what's the what is the central core of that? Is is like a way of viewing himself, a way of like it's it's a like a I, personal identity magic somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. sort of a, a not exactly a baby word, but a, a childhood. Yeah. Oh, and it's very. This word. book is very yeah. baby-like, right? There's a lot of. Like, um, like even what's the lady who, um, who is sticks her tongue <laughs> into the cup to drink liquid while she's in the mental asylum? Judy. Judy. Judy, yeah. So she's <laughs> licking her tea. Um, and then she says, uh, and I'll let you, uh, kiss me and then something more. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> super creepy. Because you're acting like, like the a Dalai, child. Like the Dalai Lama. Oh, no. That's oh, not, yeah. Um, yeah. That's... that's not Judy. That's the other one. What's her oh, yeah. It's Tan... Tanya? Ta- is Tansy for now? Tansy. She's yeah. the one who says, oh, oh, and then something more. Yeah. But um, Coppice Man, also, it makes me think that uh, they do use the word capiche um, a couple of times in the book. So... He's a policeman who um, uses his childhood innocence to understand. I I expand it like that. Yeah, and the beach man. There it is. There, there's like it's it's a very childish book in many respects, and yet it's dealing with a scary subject, which is you know kids being abducted and molested and raped and eaten, and then we've got this demon that's playing. Uh, a game, uh, sending, sending, you know, feathers or an old man who's not like, there's a lot going on in this book, but I kept thinking about like, uh, the Stephen King's level is he, he's, he wants to be in service to a King. He, he likes, uh, you know, this is all going back to Plato's Republic, the, the silver, the gold, and the bronze people. Uh, there's the the silver mm-hmm. are the cops, right? And we've got a we've got a queen, and there's not a lot of contempt for everyone else. Like a lot, there's almost all the characters presented. Either like weirdos or they're good, like the the biker gang, right? Mm-hmm. 
They look rough, but you'd be surprised. They hold degrees in philosophy, and one of them's a surgeon, right? They just like bikes. Yeah, it's not like dairy in that way. In it, in like everyone is kind of off in dairy. Yeah. The whole town is kind of evil, and everyone in it is kind of infected. French Landing is not quite that way, even though it's a similar space in that it has slippage. I think you... Using that language, dairy had slippage too. Um, but it's not like French land is not as corrupted, I think. In the v- victims, like the relationship, yeah. like, um, the, but you have Wendell Green, you have some characters, you do have some, you got the, the guy who runs the nursing home, the, the secretary there. There's some fairly nasty characters. Well, it's not as deep though as in dairy. Yeah, they're just cynical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not particularly evil. It's like, it's the normal king kind of small town. Well, that's uh, that's what I'm thinking, and maybe that some of that is, is Straub, but I really just don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I feel like I got a real good sense of how Stephen King's mind works. Yeah. Um, in part by reading his stuff, in part by... You know, looking at his tweets and <laughs> seeing what he's, what he, his, cause he, he, you know, he doesn't like, I don't think he ever lies. I think he's lying, you know, lying to himself or blinding himself in some respect. But I think a lot, a lot of it is not that. Uh, there's something going on with Twitter, you know, uh, right at this moment. Um, but yesterday I found a, uh, uh, so it might be hard to spot, but I found a, um, an old, uh, magazine called pirate writings and then that uh somebody does their account of tr- going to find stephen king um and it's just a one-page thing where uh, i guess it's a couple who like stephen king um husband and wife uh go to his small town in maine and they've got an address and they can't have trouble finding it and they get some local help then they get there it's between the airport and the army base and it's like an office, and they go in, like daring each other to go in. And then there's a, like a dark glass and a button that says, press the button uh, and uh, state your name or <laughs> something, right? And they're like hesitant and about to leave, and the lady behind the glass like waves them in. And uh, they go in and says, is this Stephen King's office? And the, she's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he here? It's, no, he's uh, on vacation writing his next book, uh, you know, somewhere else. And they're like, we know that address, <laughs> something like that. And then the um, the the lady says, oh, I'm one of three secretaries he has. And then there's a big glass wall with every book he's ever written. Um, and like, okay, this is what you have to deal with when you have weirdos trying to, you know, visit you and meet you and shake your hand, which is all they wanted, right? Meet, meet your hero. Um, Straub is not on that level, right? He, you know, he's, he's, uh, like Dean Koontz level. Um, and how many did they co-write together? Just these two? Is that it? Just these two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard for me to tell like what he contributed Straub um, and so I, I guess I don't have a good reading on this book is what I'm saying. 
I thought it was I thought it was enjoyable for what it is, but it's not. Uh, it's I, maybe it's maybe it's deeper than I thought, but you know, it, this is. Uh, it's a bad reading of of uh, the Raven by Poe. The Raven by Poe doesn't even have a raven in it or a crow. It's a vulture. Uh, well, I, because of the the you're not the the line before you're a coward, like you're not you're not a coward. I know the line you're talking about. It's it says um, it describes the head of the raven, even head, yeah, shorn or shaven. Yeah, yeah. But so I the just narrator ma- to a, narrator makes makes a mistake. It smooth. Uh, well, it's it's a vulture. Uh, I mean, it could be a turkey vulture. It doesn't really matter. The, the raven is the is the is what we're supposed to take away from it. But we're all, I think we're supposed to also recognize it for what it is. So people memorize it in school as this character did. And then they don't listen to the words that they've memorized. Um, and in a sense, I guess that fits with this book because we've got characters who, who know something, but don't know it, right? The house, uh, and the, li- I guess there's the lights and then the explanation for what's going on at the house and the magic that he magic, talisman almost that he gives them to uh assault the house there's a lot going on in this <laughs> i don't i don't I, I don't know if it hangs together it may fit perfectly into a bigger puzzle piece but um it's probably the but worst actually, I, would, I would say stephen the, king book i've ever read and i'm not saying think, that it's the worst book ever i'm just saying i it it does very little for me other than oh, I, I think yeah good I listen think, I don't know. I have to disagree with you on that and on the on that turkey vulture stuff. Um, but I can save that for another time, I suppose. I'll bring I think it. I heard you say something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've before. done a show on it with uh I haven't talked about it before, but Yeah, I, I reread The Raven and I didn't see um it's, a non-raven. it's this line. It's though your crest be shorn and sh- shorn, shorn and, and shaven. shaven. Thou art sure no craven. But a bird's head does look not, keep going though. Keep, keep, keep re- well, keep what's going? the next line? Yeah, where, it's where, 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 ancient, right? Uh, Raven. I'll read it when I bring it up. Uh, what is ancient? Why does ancient matter? Uh, because it looks like it's old. Because it's uh, uh, here it is. Ghastly, grim, and ancient raven. Um, uh, but uh, here. This ebony bird beguiling my sad oh, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's def it's it's. There's also another thing that's happening in there that nobody else will notice. The house is on fire. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there's a lot of fire imagery that we notice, but if you if you like start looking where the shadows are going, and the fact that this room is filling with smoke, um, he's. He's killing himself, or accidentally killed himself. Um, it's a it's an amazing poem, um, but yeah, people read it surficially. Uh, and, and what's interesting is I just did a book earlier this year on um, Roger Zelazny, a Night in Lonesome October, which takes its line from uh, Ulalume or Ulalumi, Ulalume or Ulalumi, a poem, and and it has a raven as a character and uh, talks about the poem, right? 
everybody gets it wrong. There's almost nobody who gets it right. And the only hints of it are in like the late 19th century when they're doing illustrations. Sometimes the artists will crop the top so you can't see the bird's head. It's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, this sort of sidetrack because that's not what this book is really about. But I'm, I'm not sure what, other than, yeah, it's a hero's journey. Um, I'm not sure what else, what else there is to say about it. <laughs> no, I no, I'm not the I, ideal I, reader, I, I, I guess. I like, well, what's your, like what's your least favorite Stephen King book? Mine? Yeah. You've read a lot of Stephen <clears throat> King, right? So yeah. Probably five times as much as me. He's, I can't believe how many books he writes. It's just unbelievable. Right. Every, every year there's a couple of books at least, it seems like. And then he's been doing it for 50 years at least, right? Least favorite. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, let me look. Um, what have you read, Terrence, besides, um, <laughs> Uh, I'm looking through I, the bibliography. I, I read the, the first three of the Dark Tower. Oh, okay. So the the Gunslinger was okay. Um, after that, um, what is it? The Drawing of the Three. I think I didn't like that so much, and I read the third one, The Wastelands, mm. and then I stopped. I don't know why I stopped. Oh, Talisman's yeah, quite early. I, I'm, I'm looking at the list. Talisman is like 1984, it says. So, um, of his early stuff, I haven't read Carrie. I've seen Salem's Lot. Haven't read it. Shining, I've read. Rage. This, uh, don't think I've read The Stand. Long Walk, I've read. Uh, Roadwork, Running Man. Uh, Cycle of the Werewolf, which is not really much of a book. It's very thin. Um... And then, oh, we haven't read the dark half. I'd be interested in that one, especially if it isn't Dark Tower related. <laughs> um, uh, and then, um, I guess Black House and the 2014 one, uh, and Blaze, uh, was the 2014 one, uh, revival. And mm-hmm. maybe that's everything that I've read. And I liked all of those. Ex- uh, yeah. I'm not saying except this one. I'm saying this one's like the least interesting. And I think it's because it's, it's more of a, a cozy. Even though it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's supposed to be horrific, but I found it very cozy. Well, yeah, I didn't find it horrific, but I kept on comparing it to, um, it very vaguely. Uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, it has which, that same thing. Yeah, I, 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 which has the coziness and the horror and the demon from another dimension. And it also has the black and, house, right? The, the, the black, what? there's the black lodge. Yes. And then there's also the um, white lodge, which is, you know, it's, and that's, and that's before this, right? That's 1990s, yes. right? 1996 or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that to be very robust. Even though it is flimsy, <laughs> and and Stephen King has declared that um, uh, what differentiates him from uh, David Lynch is that uh, David Lynch doesn't get ordinary people. So here's a a big demonstration uh, that he gets ordinary people. 
maybe, but uh, uh, Twin Peaks has lots of ordinary people in it, and uh, this yeah. sort of coziness, and it's so... He didn't write um, everything of that, though. That was also Frost, so there, it's possible. Uh, I, I think he's right in the sense that I think that's what Stephen King prides himself on, is getting ordinary people. But the problem is, I think the ordinary people he thinks are ordinary have have like um like there's a lot of dinky stuff like penis and poo poo and like it's very it's like it's it's almost like he's he's saying i only have two modes which is adult prude mode uh which i can but i can tap back into my poo poo pee pee uh, like i couldn't believe how much poo poo pee pee stuff there was in here and and like yes, there's a, there's the scene where the uh, guy uh, take the lady the um hospital or old folks home says you have to take those shoes off and he makes her or she makes him lift one leg and then he pulls out his penis and he says and he's, he's thinking about pissing on her yeah he's thinking about you know and he's like smiling about that like um yeah I guess that's ordinary. <laughs> like like (laughs) fucked up but then it's 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 contrasted with um with the uh sort of the pure relationship of the uh (laughs) territories uh lady's brain is sophie yeah Yeah. but that that's kind of you see that in salem's lot too or just like just a lot of the the common people are just sort of scummy and bad but i think that's his judgment right like that's the cop judgment he's he's like i gotta keep these people in control because otherwise society i think you've said this something like that otherwise but i I don't i don't fully agree with that i don't think that's the full picture of what he's trying to do it's i mean he just doesn't have a very overly optimistic view of of groups, I think, of societies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But as individuals and quartets, like like family or groups that are made. A hundred percent. He's more optimistic about the myth. Yes, there right? are lots of uh, mobs, good ordinary yeah, people. Here, mob is, is something. Fred, um, yeah. uh, Alice Weather, uh, Dale. They are ordinary people, and they're not quirky. Uh, uh, there's good people in here for sure. people. <laughs> There's good people in here for sure, but um, I I also think about like it's a it's kind of a mischaracterization when you read the mist. You've got the people in the trapped in the um, uh, supermarket together, right? And there there becomes a mass hysteria, uh, a fear, um, and we need to sacrifice a child to do this, right? Like. Who who is doing that? Is that the the common people? Is that a normal common people thing to do? Yeah, people do do shit like that under mass hysteria. Um, but that's contrasted with the father, right? Who is cheating on his wife? He loves his son. He loves his wife. And then what happens? At the end, he lucks into either killing, <laughs> not killing his kid. Or killing his kid and himself and his wife, depending on which version, the hard Darabont ending or the uh, Stephen King, it's implied, ending. Um, he's he's good at getting inside people's heads, but he's also uncharitable. Uh, he's He thinks they're 
the people are base. And some people are base, or maybe all people are base, but they're not only and always base. Well, there is that uncharitable... There are lots of uncharitable things. Um, The treatment of the um, uh, journalist, Wendell Green, is just... Very uncharitable. um, Over... uh, He's a straw man. He's a Heinleinian-style straw man. Very annoying. Although, at the same time, there's a hint that it's us... And it's them as writers because they, in the chapter where Jack goes and um, seeks consolation with uh, Sophie and uh, the narrator says, well, we're, we're going to leave them. Uh, it's none of our business what they're doing. Yeah, the we. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes. And what, you, what we want or what you want um, uh, is, is more juicy. And right. it goes to – so – um, it's saying we as writers are sensationalistic, like in fact, like Wendell Wendell Green, mm. and you as readers, you're pure, you prurient. You don't yeah. want just the goody goody stuff. We apparently we want a lot of poo poo stuff, poo poo pee pee stuff. Yes, you don't want even oh, oh, goody goody sex. What's what's the name of the band? Boring. The Scum Guzzlers or something. like that. <laughs> it was come the, the, the dirty sperm dirty sperm right okay that's a it's a real legit band name i get it <laughs> but um you know if you get in somebody's car and they put on a cd of dirty sperm that's a way to introduce that's, yourself <laughs> well that's that's punk uh, it could be yeah a- but it combined with all the rest of the the Regular dirty sperm that's in this book. Well, it's, it's like well, that's his 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 novels. Then have a, a dirty sperm uh, component. That could be Straub. I, I honestly, uh, um, no, that must be King. But I don't. I can't. I, tell. I think it's bad to separate out. You know what? It's funny. Is uh, it's we, we last time you and I, um, but- Terrence, were talking about. Split uh, split brains and personality and what makes somebody <laughs> something. Um, it, you can't because this is a is a work of fiction that you know has two names on it. You can't say it was written by one guy or the other, even if no. you know you find out it was because it's presented as if it's by one guy. So uh, one guy with two heads comes into the bar and punches you in the face. Um, they're both getting charged with a crime. <laughs> You know, uh, they're both getting, being charged with assault, and they'll both be arrested, even though w- only one of the heads controlled that arm. But that's a good uh, joke because we, um, of the double-headed parrot, right? Sacred, sacred, and profane. It's, he's built it. So, he's built it into the story. They built it into the story. Yes. Well, they they did in a way. If you go back to the dirty sperm, like where that comes up, it's mm-hmm. the guy trying to get the Wisconsin rat. To play it, right? So that guy mm-hmm. figured out that Henry Latham is the Wisconsin rat as well as the George Rathman, mm-hmm. right? And Henry Latham likes being the Wisconsin rat, right? Yeah. So he doesn't want to give that up. So he gives into the blackmail, essentially. But deep down, he actually wants, he likes dirty sperm, right? Mm-hmm. I think he even knew who they were. Yeah. He was familiar with them, so he must be listening <laughs> to them. Now I'm getting the psychology. But he's also he's listening to the like all his. That's why actually I thought you would have dug the Henry Latham character a little bit more because you are interested in an audio. 
Uh, no, I liked so it. I liked it. It's like the the fact that he he has these different personas that mm-hmm. are conveyed just through voice. I think that that would be like, uh, would have been a good book by itself. Head. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is this is a big sprawling chunky book, and you're saying there's not that many characters. There are a lot of characters. Uh, I don't I don't have a list, but it it's uh, not you know two guys, <laughs> two guys and well, a, okay, you got the Thunder a, Five, but. A mouse dies. Doc goes to the end, and of course Beezer can't forget him. You're down to three. The other two run away or, or opt out, right? Some of those. So what's our are... group at the end? It's Beezer, Doc, Jack, Dale, Dale. That's in the and then Henry gets killed before he can. He would have been there if he had been killed, right? But he still he stabbed Bernie. I'm not good at keeping the track. Tyler, but. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big sprawling book. They meet a lot of It's not that characters. bad for a for a Stephen King book. <laughs> so you still haven't said what's your least favorite? My least favorite? Or I, the it, one you dislike the most. There's Did not you? many I actively dislike. Um maybe some of the Hodges trilogy stuff, like Finders Keepers. Not seeing those on um, the list here. There's so many though. And there's so many after this. It's unbelievable. He really is a production yeah. machine. 2002, From a VOK, Dark Tower 5, Dark Tower uh, 6, Dark Tower 7, Colorado Kid, Cell. There's a little bit of cell, cell phone stuff in this, right? A little bit. Uh, well, it's kind of dated, right? Because, like, the forgetting your cell phone and... Like, a little, a little, but... Uh, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I was not, I wasn't 100% clear. You know, the other thing that I was reminded of, the kids at the, um, 7-Eleven, um, it's almost a scene out of, uh, The Simpsons, but, um, the kids at the 7-Eleven buying magic cards, that had to yeah. be Stephen King. <laughs> Cause he loves that. You, you're absolutely right about yeah. the, uh, he needs to show that he's relevant and hip. To the, what's going on in the immediate moment, but the problem was, I thought, like, I that thought, holy kid wouldn't be buying magic cards. Uh, look, even if they were, the problem was, is the racism is the wrong period. That racism yeah. is eighties, early eighties racism, not uh, like the raghead. That's something I heard yeah. in the eighties, not in two thousand one. So. Stephen King always brings his own childhood to these childhood scenes and then updates the things that they're interested in, right? And so the the magic cards, I, mm-hmm. I think that fits, um, like, obviously with the uh, the plot of, or the magic of this book. Uh, but the problem is it's not integrated because he really doesn't know anything about magic cards. No, I think and neither do I. I would be like, Tyler liking fast baseball cards. Right, I, exactly. I, I believe someone like Tyler might enjoy baseball and his other friends don't. That's very real even today, right? But mm-hmm. but collecting baseball cards, I don't know. I don't even think ba- like baseball fans at that age collect baseball cards anymore. No, baseball cards are out. Uh, 1991, <laughs> it was uh, uh, Gulf War cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um magic comes in and it dominates there's other other ones too but uh just you know that detail of like these are kids from an earlier period of time transported 
to the modern period, even riding their bikes around unsupervised um, is mm-hmm. kind of amazing. <clears throat> Semi-supervised. Yeah. Well written. It's small town Wisconsin. Let it be. I've never been. <laughs> there so I, I, how uh, you're, it's from your area, right? This is Mississippi Valley. So this, I think this is... Uh, it's a border of um, somewhere else. Uh, I think I know what town west. this might be. Yeah, it said somewhere on Wikipedia for where... where um, oh, it French did? Creek? Let's yeah, it said... Um, uh, maybe it was on the previous one. Um, I was thinking like Trumple, Trumpolo. It's fictionalized version. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Fictionalized version of Trumpolo, Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. Which is on the border of um, whatever state is next to Wisconsin, <laughs> to the west. It's north of La Crosse, which it's it's a Missis- it's well it's a Mississippi Valley. Mm-hmm. That's why they keep calling it like what's it? They call it Becky Thatcher country all the time. Mm. It's it, it's very like I I was very much comparing. Uh, the um, true detective to this because they're both set on the Mississippi. Um, What's striking about, and they're actually the same time period also partially, even though, you know, it's filmed much later um, or made much later, produced much later. Um, Part of it's set in 2002, part of it's set in the 90s, and then uh, 2012, I think. Um. So it's, it jumps around in time. Um, what's striking also is that the landscape on that show and the people that, you know, they go to interview, um, there's like a, uh, a sense of like the city, the land is cursed and sick. A lot of the people they visit are, you know, ill, either mentally ill or physically ill or crippled or some, you know, there's toxic this and, um, the landscape in this Wisconsin uh, 2001 is um, almost idyllic, right? It's, um, you know, it's a small town. Uh, it's not, you know, booming business or anything, but we don't get the sense that, you know, there's a uh, drug, drug epidemic going on and suicides and uh, deaths and, and children going missing. Uh, on a regular basis, it's much more idyllic. That that that's the strange part is the children going missing, right? Um, it's a it's a much more optimistic view of uh, <laughs> child murder <laughs> and abduction, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, yeah, more optimistic. Um, well. True Detective is, is, amaz- is an amazing novel for television. Um, this is a good book. That's all I can say about it. It's, it's, it, 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 yeah. there's, it's not terrible. It's just, um, it did the least for me. I, I liked, I liked arguing about Blaze a lot more because, um, I, I was thinking, I was looking for the political stuff. It's not in here. Right? No, not really. Well, I, I wonder because, well, not directly, but as you know, I live in France, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, um, things are exploding in France right now. I forgot. Are you? Uh, think, 
Your house on fire? Okay, good. I live in Nice. Uh, There hasn't been that much um, in Nice, and I did see on TV that in the uh, uh, main street uh, there was some um, pillaging of uh, uh, shops, uh, uh, clothes shops, K-Way, and I don't know what else. Anyhow, I was thinking – uh, it's not just the exploding. There's lots of burning. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, somebody was saying for the last, um, uh, well, maybe for longer, but for the last six years, um, uh, things are, uh, are burning all the time. When it's, it's not the riots, it's the um, it's the forest fires, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like um, the the shock doctrine. Um, neoliberalism likes to have burning images in our eyes all the time so we can um, have an excuse to do what it wants mm-hmm. and to exploit uh, that for introducing more and more um, advantages for uh, the rich, the richest and um, uh, more and more authoritarian uh, surveillance for the poor. And at the same time, the riots, uh, they had a good reason to begin with. Um, but now it's just burning uh, and, 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 and stealing. So uh, I was thinking, massive discontent. Well, yes. Um, so uh, the demon, he, he just likes burning. He, likes, mm-hmm. he comes from a place where everything burns and, and that's good. So there's this sort of what what is it? It's not an instinct. Uh, this sort of uh, tendency um, that's in the human um, psyche um, and in in um, the social world um, mm. uh, for um, burning for the love of burning. Mm-hmm. But that, that's kind of King's baseline politics, right? Like, like mob action, like the mob kind of watch out for that. Yeah, uh, but it, it, chaos agents neo, bad. It's the neoliberals um, that impose burning or yeah. provoke burning. No, I, I think. Yeah, I think you know. That's sense, that's yeah. where I would disagree with yeah. King uh, because I. Um, Jesse, I don't call him a, a shit liberal. Uh, but he's not a neo liberal. No, no, he's not. But, uh, but I think a shit lib though will support neoliberal policies, in, right? Putting something in the book which could have uh, political um, ramifications. This idea of um, uh, burning, of using the, the the children, the children's energy, sort of like the Matrix with the brain energy. It's the children's energy to run. Um, the big combination. Um, that's a sort of really, really sublimated politics. But I think it's there. Very sublimated. Very sublimated. Really? I, I think about Blaze. It, he, he offers a straw of hope for a character and then kills that character off so he can put him on the wrong path. Right? Like he, he, he did that. Because he wants the, the plot to happen, which is uh, kind of a tragedy, right? Here, things are much more subject to, like, much more, like, 
Um, I need a bad guy. What's a bad guy I like? They like eating children's asses and um, abducting children and cutting their guts out and putting them in boxes and then laughing about it, make, making phone calls, right? Like, okay, that's a thing. I, I don't know. I, sh- I guess I should have really studied up on Fish. I didn't realize he was a real character uh, until yeah, he's, about he's halfway through. He's stealing a lot of that from, from the actual Fish, actually Albert Fish. But I think that this is something King does a lot, like the absolute evil character, especially yes. early. This is a bit of a callback to his earlier career to have the, like the villain of absolute evil. His, his villains get a little grayer. Not in the Bachman, though, right? Because they're very abstract there. Usually it's... it's yeah. Um, well, they're not typically dealing with the supernatural. Um, but yeah, early King supernatural villains tend to be pretty black and white evil. I think Bachman... Pretty absolute evil. I think Bachman would be... I was thinking about, like, are the... I am. Should I be happy about France being on fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I don't think I should be happy about it, but it's a good sign uh, because people people shouldn't take shit. And uh, well, true. But but it's also bad that you know people are getting hurt and fire you know burns things down, which is kind of a problem. On the it other hand, good things like schools and uh, and and libraries. No, no, schools can be burned. The libraries should be preserved. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, well, I mean, King I was, tends to think that the mob does do bad things. Right. Look at under ba- the dome. But did Bachman think that? Or anything like that. <laughs> right. Like, think about the long walk. Right. All the things that are happening in the long walk happen because of society's rules and people going along with them. Right. Um, the the Running Man, which I think is the best of the Bachmans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fuck this shit, right? It's, it's, uh, I'm not going to take this shit anymore. And you got, somebody's going to pay. Um, I don't know. I'll have to think about this. I, I sort of want to say maybe in King's mind, the mob is just society kind of driven insane. It's unclear. I mean, it, yeah. It's unclear. That is, it's, it's not necessarily a progressive force. They both can be bad, well, but, but eventually, what's never bad is like the is the quartet, like the community of of friends. But the eventually, people working together like, for a common purpose does turn out well. Usually, like, there's a so, magic there. So the you know burning today in France, both good and bad. Good because it shows um, people are not willing to take take it. Uh, bad because you know sometimes people get hurt. Um, but in the long run, uh, you know, we uh, do people in France yearn for the days of uh, King Louis? I don't think so. Probably no. not, right? Some of them do. Some but, of them uh, do, but the very tiny minority. Yeah, uh, probably the, the guy who's president right now, which is he was Louis. Um, then he could, I don't know, maybe not. Um, in any case, they all get over the reality and say, you know, nobody's calling for the czar to return. Right. Nobody's calling for uh, uh, the president uh, of the United States to yield power to King Charles III or the fourth or whoever he is, um, because ultimately it was a it was a needed and necessary thing. So in the long run, it was a good thing is the is the theory. But it's painful now, like pulling a scab off or no, I don't know, pulling a bandage off. I don't know. 
it's it's a short term versus long term thing. But well, is it- it's it, it's this thing that the French are supposed to be um, Cartesian and bureaucratic, but my opinion is that they just do that when they want to um, uh, uh, piss people off, and <laughs> and they uh, they have in their hearts uh, um, uh, the revolution, which is not um, clearly Cartesian, and. Um, uh, there's this thing, there's this quote from Macron when he was at Harvard and, um, the, he told the students, don't obey the rules. And, um, people are saying, yes, well, uh, now he's getting the practical application. People are not obeying the rules and not but obeying the rules. He also didn't obey, obey the rules, apparently. He, he, he you yes, know. he claims to be disruptive. Right. He doesn't obey the rules. So there's something good about not obeying the rules, mm-hmm. and there's something dangerous about it. And um, so uh, this demonic fire is is the bad side of not obeying the rules. Well, the textual example we have here of a mob was going to do a, a bad thing. Spell it out for me. A justifiable thing. Spell well, it the out. Mob, the mob, the lynching that that Jack Sawyer avoided by bringing in magic something mm, from mm-hmm. the territories and calm the crowd mm-hmm. magic lilies magic lilies yeah and he was all dressed in white and glowing and yeah nice and jesus mm-hmm. jesus like yep yeah oh, full, magic. Full of all going energy maybe because it's so beautiful yep i mean i just think that's his position and and Yeah. Upshot, watch a rewatch. Uh, True Detective, it holds up. I, uh, I, I thought it was amazing when it was happening. Like I was like, oh my god, and I started writing about it because, like, this is this is uh, King and Yellow stuff. King and Yellow is actually really interesting, but it's the stories themselves are sort of uh, collage. So some of them don't fit very much in this at all. It's just sort of, it's like a, a, co- a collection of stories that he's called the King and Yellow. And some of them are very King and Yellowy, And some of them are like, oh, that's just an artist being an artist. Um, and then there's another one that's a, kind of a time travel story. But then there's like a horror thing. But this thing, it said, uh, the magic on the show, like when, when it's happening... Um, it can be explained wholly by uh, one of the characters having a drug-induced uh, uh, hallucinations that are rec- like flashbacks, basically. Um, and then there's this other thing, which is the lore of of uh, the Robert W. Chambers stuff um, that has been transposed from Carcosa, wherever that could be in California or wherever. Uh, which is like another other land, like in this book. Um, it's a land of death, kind of. Um, and it's been transformed into, you know, these forgotten parts of Louisiana um, and sort of corrupt government corruption and nepotism and cover-ups. And, uh, and, and the, the cost is um, 
real to the characters, right? Divorces and, uh, you know, isolation from family members and, you know, drug addiction or alcohol addiction and pain and all that stuff. So it, it really, really works as a novel for television. Um, there's all those HBO shows that, you know, were big since Sopranos, but, uh, some of them, you know, very sprawling, like, uh, Six Feet Under is a good show, but it's, it's more of a character drama. Whereas this show, they dispose of the char- right? Characters don't come back for season two. It's done. And, uh, I, I, I guess I just, I don't like series in general is what, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't know, maybe I didn't know this was a uh, Dark Tower book at all. And maybe that's the stuff I, dislike most about it because i well, that's feel the first chapter in here is the with all the laying the groundwork for how this connects to the dark tower stuff and how how would um, um how would uh, how would straub have felt about that because that's what i wondered earlier on right he he said he what he he did this novel because he wanted to uh learn about uh the dark mm. tower the crimson king mm. and so on so that was why he accepted to do the sequel interesting so that, none of that is uh, laid down in the earlier book, Talisman? A lot of the, the stuff about the breakers and stuff. Yeah. Most of this is, yeah, stuff that's really he's figuring, fully... He's figuring it out. In the later books. So did he start... really quick after this. So did, is, did he start... Did he start, like, he's writing these books, and then he's realizing, oh, I've made something here. Um, it'd be almost like... Um, H.P. Lovecraft lives into the 1960s and says, you know what? All of that Cthulhu stuff that August Terrell is saying is, you know, one big mythos. He's right. I didn't see it at the time. Is that what, is that what's happened? Is that he started writing Carrie and, uh, these other books with sort of psychic, uh, shining stuff uh, in the shining? No, I don't think, I, there's not much, there, there's very little retconning. He rewrote the gunslinger. That's no, no, it. I'm not saying retconning. Is he realizing that that that's like a writing tr- thing that he does? Is like normal writers. Oh, they don't throw I, down I don't what he's. I doing. think fans do that more than he did. Oh, okay, because that's that's um, also a Lovecraft thing, right? Is yeah. people start saying, you know, the old ones work for the deep ones, and the deep ones are servants of Cthulhu or whatever like that. I'm like, no. But I, but I do think there's ideas that he developed in earlier books that he borrows and re- and they come back in the Dark Tower later. But I think just because he likes those things. Hmm. Um, but I want to go back to one thing you said about mm-hmm. the about True Detective. Yeah. That that stru- struck me last time I watched that so True good. Detective season one. So 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 is, smart. Is how like like big the like the villain is. For most of that series, yeah, right. Like you talk about the, the corruption of the state, uh, uh, of the whole state, mm-hmm. the police, and then the just the depth system. of the evil and how he gets away with it and how they get away with it. Like everything seems involved, right? And then in the end, it's kind. of, Even though he's still a threat at the end, it's it's a little underwhelming. It's like Carcosa is just kind of a it's revamped. A- yeah, sewer or something. And I, I it might have been a fort or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then he's just a weird. He's an um, offshoot. Like, yeah, he's yeah. an offshoot of the family that's corrupt. So it's it's a specific kind of corruption, right? And he's um, a big tough guy, but he's not. 
really he's a little underwhelming. He's right? fucking his half sister. Um, is eventually dispatched, and it's like that with with Mr. Munchen in a way. Like Munchen, in that sense, he's he's a good king villain in both that he is absolute evil, which I think King does pretty well, but also that he's kind of underwhelming at the end. One it's of the like one of the news Jack reports: Jack magic baseball bat deals with him pretty quickly. <laughs> one of the news reports at the end of the show, you know, when the, both guys are in hospital last episode. Um, it it says you know it shows video of them doing archaeology to dig up the corpses that are littering this Carcosa place, um, and then says reports of uh, this person being uh, related to the state senator or the senator for the state um, have been discredited. Right, so it's like yeah, um, it's just you know they're covering their ass. It's not that the the police captain that you know they threaten to murder is um is knowledgeable about the uh the cover up he's not he's not knowledgeable about the rape and murder of a kid by a, a state uh senator or whatever rather he's complicit he just he just didn't question his boss because that's you follow the rules and then he got a promotion and it's a lot like that, right? Like most of it is like uh, that. And so, like the fact that literally a lawnmower man was the big bad mm-hmm. is not the the worst thing. It's only the worst thing for the kids. But the whole rest of the state, you know, sort of being under this, you know, uh, uh, there's a a lot of cool themes, environmental themes, or mm-hmm. you know, societal themes going on with the. The, the the washing away of things by Katrina or whatever storms it is, um, taking destroying flooding schools and uh, uh, hospitals, wrecking birth records so they can't track stuff. But then you see all these homes, and we uh, there's a, sh- a strange shot at the end or a series of shots at the end where we re- revisit all the scenes, and they they almost look ideal, even though they're the exact same places. You know, they look clean. Um, maybe because there's no people there, um, or maybe because of how we're feeling since the redemption or something. But the thing is, is the corruption is still there. It's just this particular serial killer who's been killing. And that, that happened like in BC too, right? Like the, uh, in this next city over from me, there was a guy called Robert Picton who had a pig farm. And would go downtown and pick up hookers and take them back and have his pigs eat them, right? Kill them and have their pigs Mm. eat them. And, uh, this was going on for decades, right? Why isn't this, why isn't this being dealt with? Well, because police, you know, what, what, uh, my experience with police, you go to police, uh, they don't do anything. That's 10, they tend, that tends to be their tendency. Unless there's political pressure, unless you have a uh, way to politically pressure them, they're not going to do anything. That's generally what they do. Now, they will respond to specific incidents uh, that are ongoing, but uh, they don't, they're not the smartest or wisest or best people. They're just the guys with the guns and the authority, right? And that, I think that's really cool that that's in true detective because they both be- one of them uh quits the police force and then the other one quits a few years later after he sees a baby in a microwave or something 
and he becomes a private detective. Um, the uh, the cops in here are all doing their best, right? Yeah, uh, they're all doing their best, and he's a true coppisman, whatever that means. <laughs> it means to him, I'm the good guy. I'm not just like a policeman. I'm a coppisman. And I also feel like it, it covers sort of ignorance because I don't know how much Stephen King knows about cops and their procedures. I think he doesn't know that much. And that's why he sort of doesn't go that way. He uses the, it's not a crutch exactly, but he uses the, um, the magic because he knows that. It's not a police mm-hmm. procedural, right? It's no, something Jack else. doesn't follow mm-hmm. the rules. Right. And it's something else. This solution just is handed to him on a platter by um, uh, Parker, so, uh, Speedy Parker, as to who is the, the culprit. So, uh, who explains to him that that's not the real problem? It's Cosmic Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, I guess we did this book pretty good. 26 hours. This is probably the longest book I've read in a couple of years. I know that we oh, had yes. a couple that were 20, 20 hours or something like that. And, you know, I've read worse books. Um, I think it's great. I think it's one of his best, actually. Really? But I just, yes, I, I really enjoyed I love it. the characters. I love... yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, it is very character. I, and I think there are good character things in here but i'm i just i guess i don't read for character generally and actually i also love the 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 narrative style like we haven't said it's much very different that, right the that we have that first hundred pages where we're just floating around like the bee mm-hmm. like or like gorg or whatever and yeah, then flying over the land they'll jump in once in a while and say like oh like there's a moment where it's like like we're, i'm going to show you the dead baby the dead kid now Mm-hmm. But first, let's talk about the guy who owned this store. It's like it's almost like the narrator doesn't want to go there. Mm. Like it's hesitating to show. But it's us. a we. It's always a us, right? Yeah. And and that that's why I was like, I'm looking at, I'm thinking of looking at the cover of the book, the shitty cover of the book, saying <laughs> <laughs> Peter Straub <laughs> and Stephen King and Black House. Okay, and then it's we this and us this. And I'm like, is that us the na- us the reader, or is that us the narrator, uh, the two guys <laughs> who wrote the book? And I'm not clear. I think it's us and the narrator, right? Well, yeah, yes, the readers. It's both. Well, it's everything. It's deconstructive. It man. is. It, it, well, I, it's not. It's I was not, surprised. I was pleasantly surprised because I was thinking. Uh, I don't know why. That it will be more horror, and the the prose will be more sort of utilitarian, transparent uh, prose. No, no, and prose is it was good. not really a horror story for me, although I described it to my wife and she doesn't want to read it. No, no, um, not a girl. Boy. And uh, maybe I described it badly. Um, <laughs> it's hard to describe. Uh, it's a big and book, and it's so well written from the beginning. It's it's slow. It's not an action. Um, uh, a story for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. It's these descriptions, these characters, and the plot, if you think about it, is just full of um, Deus uh, Dei Ex Machina, um, 
that are not really earned, but that doesn't matter. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was intelligent as well. So I was quite surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes me want to read The Talisman. It makes me want to finish The Dark Tower now. Well, um, uh, standalones, that's what I say. Standalones work better. The, the, we read, uh, Evan and me read a book called The Troop, which I was told by a big Stephen King reader locally here. Um, a really good book. He told me about it. I'm like, okay. So he physically gave me a copy and then I got the audiobook. And we read it, and like that is a guy who's trying to be like Stephen King. He doesn't do the magic thing, but he does try to make the writing like go down smooth. The problem is with that book is it's a gross out horror body horror book, right? And lots of bad things happen to kids. Um, they eat each other. <laughs> they eat it. They kill a turtle. They get filled with uh, worms that make them zombies, and Canadian government's gonna try and nuke them or something. And uh, there's some media aspect. It's imitation Stephen King, and it's fine. It's like a good book. But this is a better book because the writing is more authentic in a certain sense. I, and I do not know what, uh, yeah, I can't separate out the Straub. Um, it just feels like a Stephen <laughs> King book, ex- except for the setting. Your detective um, reading has been deconstructed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm unable. There's, there's a, a question that I want to ask um, Evan. Yeah. Uh, have you read Fairy Tale? Yeah, I, I can yes, ask I have, him about I have that. Read, I've and read Fairy Tale. Is it as good or it's, it's another one supposedly dark fantasy? Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Yeah, I liked it. I, uh, the, it's more fantasy. The paperback's out huh. now, and I was looking at it at Costco. When I was looking at the hardback at Costco, I was telling Evan it's full of illustrations, um, and there's two different artists in it. But I think the paperback has fewer illustrations. I, I don't huh. have them side by side. But uh, one of the artists is excellent. And this is, you know, Stephen King might not be able to get people to give him good covers, but... Apparently, he can demand good interior <laughs> illustrations every once in a while. Um, and uh, oh, and by the way, I do have another Stephen King on my desk, um, which we could do. Uh, it's a hard case crime. Um, Joyland. It's, I don't think the it's Colorado Joy- King. It could be the yeah. I think it's the Colorado Kid. Which is is that his first one for hard case yeah. crime? And how is that? And what's it about? Um, it's a. Well, the whole story is a journalist asking a bunch of New Englanders. So it's very much about just talking with old timers in a New England town about an old case. And basically the case is uh, the Colorado kid, some which they don't even know if he's from Colorado, just showed up dead there. And then it's all like the mystery of who the person is. The... I'm digging out my copy here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I got the Colorado kid. Um, somebody coffee-stained it or something. But uh, the, the revised version has interior illustrations, and it's nice and short. Um, <laughs> what do we got but It's here? basically, yeah, like a journalist, an investigative journalist, like trying to figure it, like asking about this case, which is just some body showed up. And there's like, was it a mob killing from Boston that floated up? But But there's all this, like physical evidence that 
discounts a lot of other possibilities, leaving only impossibilities. I guess. 185 pages uh, from 2005. Um, oh, it's not even that long because there's a looks like there's an introduction too. Um, yeah, Charles Ardai did an introduction that's a few pages long, and then. Um, so that that'd be one I'd be down for. First of all, because it's nice and short. Second of all, it has a beautiful cover, interior yeah. illustrations, um, not part of the Dark Tower series, which I think <laughs> I just don't like series is what it is. I, I think I, I it, that's not true because I like uh, some series. I just I guess I don't think of them as series, and I guess maybe maybe I don't like magic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But I do, I do like Stephen King's writing, even though, uh, sometimes he's, he's annoying. It's a little bit like Heinlein. Um, you know, I, I sometimes. Oh, yes, it's totally Heinlein with the, um, if, um, the guy offends you and he's a creep and you just hit him or, or knock him unconscious, there's no problem. Yeah. Uh, There's a bit of, bit of straw manning happening in here. Libertarian. Libertarian um, vigilante type actions. I think Heinlein would be okay with making out with a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of mental patients. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a lot of mental patients. He has a lot of competent ladies who sometimes uh, wish they were born men or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of mental patients. The, 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 the straw man characters tend to be uh, some officious guy. Uh, you know, at the airport or something like that. Or, yeah. Uh, definitely cool. And I, I, you know, one of the things that upset me most is just how much, how much time it took to, you zoomed through that book, uh, Terrence, or this book. Um, I started well, before. I, I can devote a week. Uh, I read it in four days. I, I, I don't work that much, uh, but I, I started on, I started before you and you were done yesterday. I finished this morning. <laughs> well, also, uh, I can't, I, I did knock it up to, um, 1.3 speed. And I, I can't really uh, yeah. bear going um, much higher. It depends. So I read a lot of it um, visually, and then I was able to go fast because I was sort of taken up by it. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It so, rolls along. It's uh, It never really has a problem of being boring or anything like that. But uh, Evan had at least two podcasts out this week, probably two last week. And I haven't been able to hear any of them because I'm so focused on this book. It's going to be well, so yes, relaxing. It's going to be so relaxing to do uh, <laughs> Progeny by Philip K. Dick next yes. week. Because I'm going to be able to listen to a whole lot of good podcasts. I'm going to probably listen to some bad podcasts that I can write about. Uh, send some links to people. And uh, Connor's back on Twitter. Uh, his account was taken over by Bitcoin uh, shillers or something. For a while, he got it back finally. Twitter's still broken though, uh, so I'll I'll be able to uh, do some of the fun, relaxing parts of uh, listening. Not you know just this one. I don't Evan. You must read like a reading machine. I I'm a slow reader. I'm a um, chewer. 
Well, I've been sick all week, but oh, have you? I know this. I know this book pretty well, so I didn't read the whole reread the whole thing. Is this your uh, second or third COVID, or what? Are, what do you got? That's not COVID. I don't think I've ever gotten. I never tested positive for COVID. It's just another flu. Okay. Um, the, uh, the main thing for me was the sense of taste changing. Yeah, I don't have that. It was kind of a, a, a wasted week. I checked out a bunch of stuff from the library for the summer, and I have that to work on. Yeah, you're retired and, for the summer. <laughs> and it's going to be some Heinlein. Except for the uh, uh, classes on psychology. Um, yeah, I got to prepare that. So, uh, um, Progeny next week. Uh, Terrence is all, all right. signed up for that. And then Pirates yeah. of Venus... Uh, Medusa, meeting with Medusa, sailing to Byzantium, farmers, uh, Farnham's Freehold, yay! Um, no Man's Land by John Buchan, God Save the Mark, Zero Cool by Michael Crichton. I think that's the last John Lang book. Um, Houston, Houston, do you read? That's added to the schedule since you've been out of the picture, Evan. And uh, okay. that's James Triptree Jr. Is that the one I said my dad or something is still there? Uh, I do not know. I, this I came, added something that, like, my dad's coming to Taiwan. No, it does. Oh, oh no, that's uh, for Farnham's Freehold. Yeah, so I might not be able to do that one. Oh, damn. Well, um, we'll see. Um, yeah. But uh, anybody want to do Colorado Kid in September? Oh, and also, Connor just finished um, recording Skullface, a uh, Robert E. Howard um, Yellow Peril. Uh, that's fairly long. <coughs> I'm excited about that. All right. Put me down for Colorado Kid anyways. Colorado Kid? Yes. All right. September. That's one thing I take out of this. I, mm-hmm. I want to read more Stephen King. He's a good writer. Yeah. He's a bad person, but a good... <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if he's bad. Uh, no, he's not a bad person. He's just... just shit lip. It's not the end of the world. Uh, September 10th is the next available slot. Does that work for you guys? Yes. Yeah. So nine... 10, 2023. There we go. The Colorado Kid. I don't even have to look up, see if there's an audiobook. There's got to be one. If if you can't find it, I can send it to you. Dude, uh, how many Stephen King books don't get audiobooked? I think the answer is zero, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And, of course, Coco is not available, I think. Or maybe it is, and it's just long. Uh, um, so that's cool. Um, that's one good thing is he has good covers when he does hard case crime. Everywhere else, a fairy tale cover was pretty weak too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that good. Why do they fuck things up like that? They're so stupid. Yeah, it's not a great cover. They said, you know what? We, uh, TVs and movies, they have the visual thing locked down. <laughs> we don't need to do any work in that end. Tulsa King, I'm going to uh, keep on with that, I think. And um, it's pretty good. It, it, it's some sort of uh, Paramount or something, right? Production. I've never seen uh, any Paramount stuff before unless... No, I don't think I have. I don't know. Probably on some other channel, too. What have you been doing? Other, uh, 
other media? What mm-hmm. are you working on? Uh, which you were doing, uh, was it the first Heinlein Juvie? Evan? Yeah, I'm going to have to do a, whatever's the second one. Um, is Red it Planet? Planets? Uh, between no. Planets and Red Planet. Is it? I think, I think it's Red yeah. Planet. Let's see. Heinlein Juveniles in order. That's a good one. They're all really good. Of those, I got a few of those Saturday evening post stories to do first. Yeah, yeah, those are cool too. I, especially because they're so obscure. Um, so, Rocket Ship Galileo, that's the worst, right? It's the worst Heinlein Juvenile. You haven't read I haven't them all read yet. all of them, but it's you, the worst. You said it is. It's the worst. Um, it's just because it, it's it's good, but it's not amazing. Um, Space Cadet, nineteen forty-eight. Oh, Space Cadet, that's it. Yeah. You read that one, right? Already? No. Oh, okay. Th- that's the one you said is a sequel to to uh, Solution Unsatisfactory. That's uh, I, that's not me saying that. That's um, Paul. I don't. Okay. I don't connect things that well. Um, however, Space Cadet is about nukes and what to do about them. That's pretty cool. We we do have a show okay. probably out or outcoming. Uh, upcoming for that one then red planet which i think may be the best it's not possibly but it's also it's really fucking good um farmer in the sky between planets is solid and farmer in the sky is underrated good book yeah some doofus on twitter called it a blah book and i'm like fuck you (laughs) it's not the best but it's it's good how dare you like me saying this is his worst uh, stephen king book um yeah, it, it, just, mean, it doesn't mean me. doesn't mean that much because it, they're all pretty good, and some of them are really great. I think the best one I've read, uh, if I'm talking Stephen King, is probably The Shining. Um, probably, but I like the Bachman books almost collectively better than The Shining, and I really like The Shining. Have you read that one, Terrence? Shining? No. It's not like the movie. It's uh movie's interesting and it's a uh, good movie, but the book is um more of a novel. Okay, but uh, yes, I want to read uh, all of Stephen King now. You've convinced me and this book has convinced me. That's that's um <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> reading, but you guys read fast, so well, I'm going to have to break it up with other things. Yeah, of course. It's like reading Heinlein back to back to back. It's a mistake. I, I kind of worried oh. about Evan burning out on Heinlein. <laughs> I'm about halfway through. Well, by title. No, by not by word novels. count. Right? By word count, yeah. No. Because, you know, reading back to back to back juveniles is going to be... It's You know, there's good books in there. Right, Star Beast. Uh, Star. I think we haven't done Starman Jones. I think that's the only one we haven't done. Have spacesuit we traveled did years ago. Citizen of the Galaxy. Time for may, uh, maybe time for the stars. So there's a couple left, and then there's also Podcane of Mars, which I think is of is a juvenile, even though it's from a different publisher, and maybe it's a year or two later than the regular Concordance or whatever. But. Yeah, he pumped out a he pumped out one of those books basically a year. Yeah, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58. And then Starship Troopers, they say, is rejected as a YA. Mm-hmm. Or uh, 
but I also think that that one is. I mean, if that was included in the YAs or the juveniles, that might be the best juvenile. Even though, I don't think it's that as much as. I don't know. It feels different. You're going to get a lot of downloads for that one, you know. Hopefully. Most, most, most people don't read Heinlein. They just read like two or three Heinleins, right? They read Stranger in a Strange Land. They read Starship Troopers. And then mm-hmm. a few weirdos read everything. And then other weirdos say, I read everything and you don't need to read any. Just read Scalzi. <laughs> oh, but speaking of Heinlein, uh-huh. I think I, you saw my tweet about the Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, I, haven't, I haven't touched so, Netflix in a while, so I'm going to have to look every, at it. Everyone was talking. I would just refer to my tweet, I suppose. But everyone was emphasizing how, oh, Heinlein made a cameo appearance in the, you know, uh, Moon is a Harsh Mistress. But no one connected it thematically to the story that was being told on the screen, which really disappointed me. Uh, well, that's interesting. And uh, it's because it's, it's the line marriage, because the story yeah. in this Black Mirror episode is you have two astronauts on a multi-year voyage. So to make that possible, they can download their brains in, or their consciousness into robots on Earth and still hang out with those fully functional robots that can hang out with their families. So they're sending so they the, phys- the time physical human fleshy bodies into space and send, keeping the robot bodies at home? And when they need to do something on the ship, they, they wake up and they go do it. Oh, and then okay. they can go back to their families. All right. Sounds fun. But then a bunch of hippies kill one of the robot, one of the, the families of the astronaut and the robot. Destroy the Damn robot. Damn hippies. So he can't download anymore. And so the other guy who's actually Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Cool. He's like, okay, my wife allows you to come down for like a little bit. Have sex with my, my wife. This is a very, no, no, no. very black mirror thing that they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and, fun. And this could have been a line marriage. They could have worked it out if it just would have been a nice line marriage. But of course, it's black mirror. So jealousy has to get involved. Yes. And has to be very moralistic about it. Yes. And it all gets fucked. It's very, but, it's very American for a British guy, right? But if they would have done the line marriage thing, as in the book that, because the guy whose family died is actually like cooler. He likes art. He reads. Mm. He's more of an actual human being. Not just like an alpha male kind. He that's what it kind of attracts her to him a little bit. Mm. This is more creative, artistic side. And he's like, "Why don't you read this book? Uh, Moon is a harsh mistress." <laughs> he's trying to prep her for the the idea. Prep her for the line marriage thing, mm-hmm. but that wasn't. It's sad that writers didn't go that way with this episode. They they I, I find them sometimes good, you know. Yeah, I've been rewatching them now. I haven't I haven't watched all all of the previous ones. I sort of uh I, I get burned out by one episode, so like I'm like that's enough for a while. Yeah, the, I've only seen a few. They keep doing the the like simulation being a a, a life form. They've done that so many times. Mm, yeah. Um, like six times, like well, the, the reality of a simulated looks life. Looks like Charlie Brooker's writing most of them. There's one where he co-wrote it. Um, just scrolling back. I mean, yeah. I did like the D. The one I didn't watch before was Hanging the DJ, which I thought was pretty good. Even though it's another one, simulations being real. But 
he's got writing credits on every episode. Mostly they're mostly individual. Oh, there's one that's not. Uh, entire history of you is by somebody else, but um, every other one has got Charlie Brooker as either the sole author or the. And so you know, mm-hmm. authors have their themes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, can I do a new spin on this old idea I've been thinking about? Yes, I can. They keep making, they keep giving me the money to make these, so here we go. That's cool. I, I feel like there's been some classic episodes. There was one, uh, with the robot with a knife or whatever it was <laughs> running around, and there was, uh, oh, the dogs, the robot yeah. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 15 million merits. That was a pretty solid one, uh, biking for, Oh, the, the video game one where the, the two besties start banging on the video game. I don't know that one. Striking Vipers. Yeah, two straight men are are in a VR video game. It's mm. like a fighting game. But mm. it's but I haven't seen that one. Once one plays as a woman and the other plays as a man. And oh, they yes, start having sex that. in the in the game. Well um did you see the uh what was the one, Terrence, did you see the one where uh, the Prime Minister of the UK has to fuck a pig? Yeah. <laughs> the very first one. Yeah. That's the first oh, is that the one, first yeah. one? Okay. National Anthem. Okay, so that's a good way to start it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> White Bear, I remember that one being interesting. Um, they were they were pretty hit, a big hit when they came out, right? 2011, it's been a long time. Actually, I think this new season was pretty solid, except for the first one. Joan was awful. That was kind of lame. But and there was that Bandersnatch, the interactive one. I I, I like the that. I, I like the idea. You didn't play it, is what you mean? I like the idea. I didn't like. Um, it was like a choose your own adventure. You know, turn to page, mm-hmm. right? If you think blah blah blah, um, <sighs> it's interesting. Um, we should probably download these before they get removed from Netflix for some reason. That's what I'm saying. I guess they're probably already, av- yeah, they'll be available afterwards. A lot of, it's, it, it's funny. You go away for a week and then the, the, uh, torrent site has been taken down and says, uh, yeah, some guy says, uh, we couldn't afford to keep the servers running anymore. Too many lawsuits or whatever, but there's always something else. And pirate Bay is still unkillable. Amazingly. So, yeah, uh, probably leaks worth- usually uh, leaks stays up, right? Leaks? What do you mean? Lee, Lee, at 1337. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Um, I don't use that one myself, but that just because not, not I have anything against it. It's just, <laughs> I just, uh, I go to the, I used to use one called RARGB, and that one was recently sh- shut down. Um, I used to use one called ETTV. That one was shut down. Oh, yes, that was good. It was pretty good. It was organized. Oh, well. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, time to sleep. Yeah, have a good snooze. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you both next week. Terrence, you're on for Philip K. Dick to Progeny. Good. Yes. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF audio. Fucking offer. <laughs> Going away for the summer. Whatever. I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about this coming week, but it looks like at least half of them are gone. Which is, you know, kind of sad for Jesse, but it's okay. He'll come back. I got some work this summer. I got to prepare a psychology class. Wow. Psychology, fun. On I, what? I got the classes what? I wanted. I wanted my same students, my honors mm. ninth graders. Mm. So I really made a hard push for honors 10th grade because I wanted the same kids. And the AP 10th grade class. So I got all my good students. Well, that's good. But basically, I also had to then teach psychology. What do you have to teach in psychology? Just 12th grade high school psychology. Basic stuff, what? right? Pyramids and such. Well, the, 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 the book is a, is a college textbook. Nice. It looks pretty... Hierarchy serious, of but. needs and that sort of thing, right? It's not, it's not a it's, young shadow stuff. <laughs> well, the history stuff is not a big focus of it. It's like there's a unit on behavior, a unit on consciousness and perception, a unit on the brain, a unit on disorders, therapy. Yeah. Yeah, progeny is next week. It's not neuroscience. I can handle it. Yeah, it should be. It's fun. It's fun to revisit these yes. things. You get to but, yeah, so the learn fun things you like knew already. Like William James and Freud, that's really dumb. You can, you can throw a little bit in there. Yeah, I'm sure I can. This is all superseded by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's, it's kind of wild stuff, too. Yeah. It's. it's that's a good age for it, too. I really would. I think it'd be fun to get an economics class, though. Where it'd be like, all right, let's all open up our Karl Marx. Mm. Throw out your textbooks like a, was a Dead Poets Society. Oh, throw out your textbooks. Right. We're going to so read some it's a good movie. even older books. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um, I, I was thinking uh, the actor on House who plays Wilson, the best friend, he's in that movie. And the only other movie I know oh. he's in is one that is a poster on his wall in his office on the show, and that's uh, Ordinary People. I think he plays, like, the fucked-up homo- homosexual son. I don't even know that movie. Uh, I saw... It's a it's an adult movie, like, not as in sex. It's, it's an adult yeah. movie as in it's, like, I don't know, about a family and a divorce or something like that. And I saw it when I was very young. And I thought, this is a strange movie. There's no... There's no robots shooting each other. <laughs> uh, Sounds kind of familiar. Ordinary people. Um, oh, let's oh, see. There. I don't think I saw it, though. 1980, Robert Redford, directorial debut, Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, Judd Hirsch. Oh, Timothy Hutton. Maybe the, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. I swear the uh, son w- was... Maybe he's the second son. I don't know. I didn't even know that actor's name. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm his confusing them. What is his name? I have to look him up. The here. actor, yeah. Uh, is he the is he the Leonard guy? Uh, I don't. Uh, let's see. I'm look up House and Oh, Robert Sean Leonard. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll click him. 
And we'll see his filmography. His first film was 86, so he couldn't have been okay. in that ordinary clearly, people. Clearly, I'm uh, confusing. Um, I also noticed he has a weird eye. One of those, it's not a lazy eye exactly. Uh, maybe it's a glass eye. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of his eyes is, is, uh, doesn't track with the other ones. I had a, a prof like that, and I swear I couldn't tell if he was looking at me throughout the whole class. It was very difficult. I was like, I think he's asking me because he's, he puts out a question in class. <laughs> One of the eyes is looking at me, the other one's, you know, off somewhere else. Yeah, 1986, so I, I guess I don't, uh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. All, all these white guys look the same to me, I think is what it is. Yeah. They, I mostly go by accent. They tend to do that. <laughs> this guy has a Louisiana accent. That guy has an Australian accent. I can tell them apart now. Yeah. That works most of the time. It fails once in a while. Yeah, it does. We're not all uh, Henry Layton. Can't. Who's that? Not, Who all actor- <laughs> not all actors can reach the heights of a Henry Layton. Who is Henry Layton? Henry Layton? Did we just read Black House? Is he in there? Is he one of the 70,000 characters in this book? Henry Layden oh, is... Oh, uh, there are not many characters. Dude. Henry Layden is the DJ guy. Oh, okay. He has seven names, I the believe. blind guy? <laughs> we'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, this is going to be a rough one. If oh, it's going like to be a rough one. Char- don't, the coolest don't, character in this book. Don't you worry. It's going to be a rough one. Um, first, uh, we get some pre-show out. Um, I watched two episodes of Tulsa King on Terrence's uh, vague recommendation. It wasn't like... This is amazing, Jesse. It was more like I saw it, <laughs> but um. Well, I, I have trouble getting a, a consensus with my wife, who, who doesn't usually like science fiction. Yeah, and um, oh, there's I don't. She's in a, a, a craze of Korean um, uh, dramas. Um, Yours too. Korean and and uh, Taiwanese, because our, our son went to Taiwan for a year, mm-hmm. and. Uh, now he's gone off again to Australia. So um, it's part of the process of mourning, as we see. In Black <laughs> and, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we settled on Tulsa King, which is better than um, Fubar. Yes, it's much the same better thing. than What Fubar. can we do with an old actor? Yeah. And then they're not writing it. They're just showing up on set and, you know, being steered around. And you're integrating the fact that they're old into the story. Yes. Uh, there's a scene and in the second so episode. What did you think? Yeah, I think it's it's fairly good. I I downloaded the whole thing at once and then put two on a stick. Uh, finished watching True Detective and then <laughs> I thought oh, I'll I'll give this other one a shot. Um, and I watched the first one. And I thought it was good. And then I watched the second one and I thought uh, this is good. Uh, I put the rest of them on a, on the same stick. I'll be watching that later, I guess. But um, there's a funny scene in the I think it's the second episode. Where uh, she's uh, lady sleeping with says, um, "How old are you?" <laughs> he says, "Well, I don't want to tell you exactly, but uh, uh, I was in high school when Kennedy was assassinated." <laughs> and she says, "You're seventy <laughs> five." She's like, "You're too old." Um, he does not look like a hard fifty five. I got to tell you. It's a very, very hard 55. On the other hand, he's um, jacked as hell, um, which is 
It's weird seeing very old men who are jacked as hell. Speaking of jacked as hell, you wouldn't know it, but um, uh, JFK, no, RFK Jr. is jacked. There's a video of him uh, doing uh, What's this word, Jack? He's had a it means, no, no, no. It means uh, they're uh, full of uh, muscles. <laughs> it's full like muscles, a huh? guy at the gym who's like, I don't know, got got pecs and abs and what are those other things? Uh, biceps and triceps and all those other muscles. Um, yeah, he's uh, it, it's like the fit, fitness for old people. I mean, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I'm surprised because you, you know, he's I just wearing a suit. Me. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, I, I, I think it actually makes sense. Uh, if you get really old, um, you got a lot more time, right? Um, and to stave <laughs> off uh, effects of like, there's all sorts of body prop. Most, most, most of the problems I see is people dying uh, very elderly. Hip problems, breaking hips, balance problems, um, uh, and, you know, having uh, muscles that are um, taut uh, actually does prevent um, toppling over and stuff like that. Right? If you're uh, willowy and undernourished, um, <laughs> breakage is a problem. And that once you get once you get like a broken hip, uh, what what's the next step? The next step is um, uh, pneumonia, and then death. Ah uh, yes. And those are bad things. Pneumonia, pneumonia, death, and a broken hip, all bad things. Now so. you said the order is you have to watch out for your hips. Yes. That's the first step. Yeah, yeah. Don't break a hip. Um, my mom's broken ribs, which is bad. Um, and then you don't want to be in the hospital because they'll give you, uh, shots of things that give you, uh, strokes, <laughs> heart problems and stuff like that. Um, so yes, avoid the hospitals just like in this book. <laughs> Jesus. True. All right. Um, shall we get started? Sure. All right. Ready? Um, got a recorder started. looks like. And I got the Wikipedia entry out, and then I threw it away because I wanted to look at who was in that movie. Uh, Robert Sean Leonard was not in Ordinary People. I guess he just looks like the kid in Ordinary People. I don't know. All right. Uh, Black House. I'm ready. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Uh, Jesse, Evan, Terrence. <laughs> 